So the news, lots of good news right now, huh? I saw, you know, this Ryan Reynolds video with Stephen Page singing. Anyone see that video? Uh, it's gone viral because it's a love song, really, Canada loving Ryan and Ryan loving Canada, and this thing's just gone all over the place, and it's because it's such a feel-good moment, and I think we are all desperate for feel-good moments. How many of you feel hopeful? Yeah, some hands up. Yeah. Some of us don't feel hopeful. I think that's a fair response. So we start Advent today, and we're starting Hope Sunday. And the world feels upside down. I mentioned on the stream to those watching online that do you believe already Advent has arrived? Isn't it still 2019? I read this news article that says our sense of time has been compressed because we need these markers in our life that tell us how things have progressed and what's actually happening in our, in our life. And those have all been removed from us. And so day to day, it feels like the clock is going tick, tick, tick. And yet when we look back, we go, where did that month go? And so we're in this really weird time where we don't know what's happening. It's only Lisa that actually has a chronometer built right in. <laughs> we were laughing yesterday before Kathy's memorial. Uh, don't cough. <laughs> Coughing induces labor. So glad you made it to today, Lisa. Thank you so much. Can I hear a hand for Lisa? Hope is a difficult thing in difficult times. One of the things that actually really struck me, I think, it, I think what surprised me is how when short-term teams would come to the field, they were surprised by the hope they encountered. You see, we would take them into some of the most desperate places. And in the Western sensibilities, our hope actually is rooted in things like the economy. It's rooted in safety. It's rooted in a good job, a healthy family, good medical, a social safety net. And don't get me wrong, I think these things are fabulous. And I love that Canada does that. I think it's what makes Canada honestly one of the greatest nations on the planet. It's why most of the world wants to come here. I would long for these to be in all of the places that I've lived. I've seen the alternative. It is not good. And yet for a society that has so much, when that is even slightly threatened, we seem to roll into panic. And yet when you roll into these places, these desperate places, with open sewer flowing in front of your home, your, your, your whole life constantly under threat. If you get sick, you're seriously in trouble. And yet you find hope. We don't hope in vain as followers of Jesus. But we're not immune from our cultural reality. We can't suddenly get out of the boiling pot. We are just like the frogs, 
stuck in there like everybody else. And so it's fair for us, I think, to have these moments and these times where we go, what do we hope for? There's just this incredible letter that was written. Jeremiah wrote it. You know what I'm talking about. The exiles had been removed. Babylon had smashed Judah, and they had taken away the elite. They'd taken away anyone who was anyone, and they kept moving down through the social structures, leaving behind the poorest of the poor. And these people were receiving this message. They were hoping to get back home. They were receiving messages from their prophets that this was going to be a short-term thing, that God was going to actually reverse their fortune, and that the blessing was coming. And into the midst of that, Jeremiah writes one of these most uplifting letters. He says, you're not going anywhere. It's like Dwayne standing up front saying we're six months into a four-year journey, which was, I think, my first month here. And y'all looked at me and said, (laughs) now you're not laughing because we're halfway there, right? And it could be a four-year journey. How do you like me now? But you know something? If it is a four-year journey or a six-year journey or a 70-year journey, We can still hope because Jesus has risen and Advent is here and we have something to root our hope in and it changes everything for us. Can you feel that? Did you get a shiver up your spine just now? If you didn't, I'll say it again. If this is 70 years, if for the rest of our lives we are dealing with COVID, we can still hope because Jesus is on the throne. Hope? Absolutely. So Jeremiah writes this letter. He says, This is what the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. So these people are in in Babylon. They're in the heart of the most evil place they could possibly imagine. And Jeremiah says to them, put down roots. It would be like me saying to you, the masks are staying. We're going to be basically under restriction from now on forever. Some of you are going to be watching online till the day is done. So, what ministry are we going to get involved in? Which is kind of what I do, right? 
I am a glass half full kind of person. I always have been. You can tell when I'm depressed because I become a little glass half empty. But for, mo- for the most part, I actually see opportunities in this time we're in. I'm seeing people talk to me who would never talk to a pastor before. But the truth is, some of us have lost hope. And some of us have slipped out the back door. And our numbers have dwindled. And I was sad, not because we need more people. I was sad because we have so much to hope for. And like the exiles in Jerusalem, we're being told to multiply. We're being told to put down roots. Our hope isn't in the future. Do you get it? It's now. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. You're six months into a four-year journey. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. You see, I think we're in those days. That's the hope that I take. Because things are hard. Because things remain unstable. Because we are constantly facing challenges. Personally, corporately, in our society. It's in these moments that God is saying... I am here and I am listening. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and I will bring you home again to your own land. It's a promise that actually hasn't been completely fulfilled. But it's a promise that remains And it's a promise that changes everything. You see, the exiles were impatient to come home. Can you relate to that? I'm impatient for this to end. I would love for all this to go away. I hated, and when I say hate, I mean hated, that we had to put a limit on Kathy's memorial yesterday. Kathy would have filled this building four times over. We had to say no. We get impatient. We get encouraged by these false narratives that say if we close our borders, we can keep COVID out. If we can just get vaccinated, COVID will go away. I'm not anti vax. But we keep flipping from narrative to narrative to narrative, each time being disappointed because it fails us. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to look up, not out. Because our hope is there no matter what happens. And I do pray that this new strain of the the virus is not more deadly. I do pray that science brings us out of this. I do pray that masks will keep us safe. 
but my hope is in none of those things. My hope is in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And like the exiles, we need to hear Jeremiah in this moment where we've begun to turn inward, when we're starting to feel sorry for ourselves, when we start to say, if only, and add whatever you want behind that phrase, we need to hear Jeremiah when he appealed to them and said, pray for peace and prosperity, not for us, for the city. Look outward from here. Pray for them. It's practical advice, and it is difficult to put this into practice. There's no doubt. We live in a volatile time. It's never been easy to pray for our enemies, and it is harder when our enemies are pressing us from every side. But it was in their best interest to do so. If Babylon prospers, we prosper too. And so we're called to look beyond ourselves, to stop navel-gazing and start looking at what's happening around us. Because there's an assurance that comes from God. And it happened through this, not through a series of unplanned, accidental events. See, Jeremiah tells them, I sent you into exile in the name of the Lord. So instead of this exilic community withdrawing and circling their wagons and blaming Babylon, God is saying, nope, I put you there for my purposes. From the beginning, I've been asking God, what is it you want me to learn through this? Because I don't want to waste the opportunity. And maybe this is going on longer because his church hasn't yet got it. We need to listen because we can often seek our own safety and our own sectarian existence. But Jeremiah is pushing us outside of that and he's giving us work to do and calling us to actually take responsibility for the city. And make no mistake, it can sometimes feel impossible. We're a church of about 100 people, give or take. How, how can we impact a city of 26,000 people? But if you compare the, the community of exiles who were nobodies, and they were called to bless the great Babylon, trust me, what God was calling them to do was far more outrageous than what we're being called to do. It's hope. It's a reversal of fortune. And Jeremiah is saying, those of you who are in exile, those of you who are struggling through COVID, those of you who have lost are actually the ones being blessed, not the ones who were left behind in Jerusalem. But it comes with a warning. Take care of who you're listening to. I couldn't help when I read that, but think about just how many voices are flying around right now. Now, I am not here to say one voice is wrong or one voice is right. I'm not going to do that to you today. But I will tell you, any voice that takes your eyes off of Jesus is a false prophet. 
if they do not drive you back to the cross, if they do not encourage you to community, if they do not have you thinking love for neighbor, it is a lie. Even if what they say feels true. And that was what's happening. So Jeremiah is reinforcing this with an appeal. Don't let the false prophets deceive you. Because if we actually believe those lies, if we rebel against Babylon, we are actually worse off. Swift punishment would come. Again, deeply practical advice. And I think it reflects on a realism. It's an urging to accommodate those who have power over us. The city where I have sent you. Work for their well-being. Seek shalom for the empire and its capital city. Believe you me, this is an outrageous request. Don't saw off the branch you're sitting on. You could sum up the entire letter with that one statement. Uh, Again, I, I just see such a similarity to the, to the current reality that we're sitting in. And it's like we're sawing the branch off that we're sitting on. And Jeremiah is saying, don't. Exile is not the end of existence for God's people. COVID will not be the end of the church. I heard a story that 25% of churches will close. Hogwash. 25% of buildings might no longer function. But Christ's church is way stronger than COVID-19. Because this isn't the church. You are. The church will only end when Jesus comes to take her home. That's hopeful. But we are vulnerable. Just like the exiles were. And so we pray for the city. And we've been given, as a small community, this incredibly large missional responsibility. It changed the way Judah perceived her enemy. It removed from them a sense of victimhood, and it drove them into mission. It was a reframing of their worldview, and it gave them new purpose in the midst of crisis and calamity. We're in the midst of crisis and calamity. So how do we live this story? I think we too are right now in a time where we're being given an opportunity to relate to God in a different way. And one of the things I experienced when I was in the global south was just how prevalent the prosperity gospel was. It pulled people in and it told them the lie that God promised them wealth. And in the midst of deep poverty, that was so scandalous. But if I'm honest with myself, I think that sense of a prosperity gospel has probably crept into my own beliefs. Because I am from a a culture where, where we have so much. When that's removed from me, I can't help but think I've lost God's blessing. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I think I've been given this opportunity through COVID, and it's begun to sink in for me that God wants me to think more missional. 
He's reframing my worldview. And he's giving me a sense that there is new purpose in the midst of crisis and calamity. My emotions are running high. I don't know if yours are. My resiliency is depleting. I don't know if yours are. I sense some of us are really struggling. And it's not necessarily a message we want to hear. I don't like this message. I want God to take COVID away and give me a big house. Being honest. But he hasn't taken a COVID away. And I have a small house. But I have a house. I have a roof over my head. There's food on my table. I have a new pair of jeans. What do you think? Yeah. Thanks, Frank. That was disturbing. <laughs> Somebody just wolf whistled me. So I, I'm, I'm seeing God reorient my life toward exile. You see, I've spent my life running away from that. And I'm suddenly learning that's where the blessing is. Because if I am not impacted by the loss of my home, if I'm not impacted by the loss of my health, if I'm not impacted by the loss of my job, if I'm not impacted by the loss of success, nothing impacts me. If my hope is not rooted inside what the world brings me, then I can find myself actually seeking Jesus in any circumstance I am in, and I can have hope when others can't even imagine why I would hope, and if that's not missional, I don't know what is, because they're going to ask you, and we always need to be ready to explain the hope that we have. It's so awesome. See, Jesus is still on the throne and we still have voice. And so we pray because there's blessing in exile. And this is a moment, I think, for radical newness. And it's rooted in this resolve, not ours, but God's, to see His promise to the end. So from the perspective of the New Testament, we are exiles. We're not home yet. Fort Saskatchewan's not my home and it's not yours either. Or Sherwood Park or Edmonton or wherever you lay your head. Our home is with God. We are in transit and we are witnesses to this age as God's people, regardless of our geographical location. And so the question I think that's important for us this morning, is if hope is to be found by seeking the welfare of the city, if hope is to be found by becoming a missional-focused people, how do we do this? I think the first thing is right there in Scripture. We pray. We lift up to God. We do this every week in community prayer. We lift up to God the nations. We lift up to God the province, the city, our church leaders, your pastor, and Lord knows he needs it. Because we need our leaders to be successful. God is accessible when we, when we seek him. He will be found. We're called to pray for our enemies. We're called to do good work. We're called to work for prosperity. 
We're called to seek the goodness of others. This is not for ourselves. Jeremiah isn't saying this so you can get rich. He's saying it so that the city will prosper. We're called to work for peace. And I think there's an important distinction to make here. Our hope is not found in the peace or in the prosperity. It's found through the obedient actions that we do when we follow God's instructions. Our hope is found when we do what we're supposed to do, not in the results. We're called to multiply. We're called to grow. Not go into that stance where we think that, oh, we have to kind of pull in. It's not an unrealistic stance. It's not some hubris. It's not shooting pie-in-the-sky goals that are starry-eyed. But it's about saying, yes, we're in troubled times. But we believe that God has called us to multiply. So what are we going to do about it? So when you're in the congregational meeting today, and I have no power over this, it's between you and the board. I work for you. You can go in there with a scarcity mentality and think, how do we survive 2022? Because it's really hard. And when you see our budget, you're going to go, whoa. Both what's coming in and what we're asking for. There's a gap there. Now, I am not trying to set you up to say you should give more money. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, are we serious about following God into multiplication? And do we believe that if He's called us to that, He's going to give us the resources that we need? And that isn't necessarily cash. I want us to be a people that have hope and are saying, we have a future. This church is going to grow. We're going to impact the city. And we just don't know yet how God's going to do it. But together, we're going to step up and we're going to say, yes, Lord, and let's go. Because I'll tell you, for the last three months, it hasn't felt like that. It's felt like we've all kind of circled the wagons. We've all gone inward, including me, so this isn't a rebuke. And I'm sensing God is saying, okay, it's enough feeling sorry for yourself, Dwayne. Do you, do you want to join me? Do you want to invest in our family? Do you want to invest in the work that God has for us? Do you want to build? Do you want to grow? Do you plan to stay and not dwindle away? Because we can. And how we can do that is we look for Jesus. If you seek me, you will find me, the Lord says. And we seek him in all that we do. Because again, he is on the throne. And his plan hasn't changed. We have a future and a hope. Yes, we are in exile. Yes, we are in COVID. Yes, our times are challenging. But we have been given this amazing job to do. And it's such a blessing to have it. We have purpose and he has a plan. And we are part of his plan. And no one's more surprised than me when I look in the mirror and say, me? Trust me, of all people, to be part of his plan, I don't fit the mold. But it's still this amazingly hopeful thing. Hope, it's not passive. This depends on action. And it's rooted in our faith and it's rooted in a faith that God is right here in the center of our circumstances. But we have to lean into that belief. It's rooted in prayer. And sometimes that feels like it's bouncing off the ceiling. 
but it's an act of obedience, and that brings hope. It's rooted in life, in planting new gardens, working in new businesses, building new homes, raising new families. It's hopeful. It's enjoying all that God has given us and knowing that if He takes it away, it was His to take away anyways. It's rooted in work. It's working for peace. It's seeking prosperity for the city. And so I ask once again, is there reason to hope? Can you say with me? Absolutely. Father, thank you that we have hope. Lord, I lift up to you this morning this people community church. And Lord, as our congregation seeks your face at our meeting, I ask you would give them a deep sense of your call on their lives. That Lord, as difficult as this season has been and as challenging as it is likely to be in 2022, you have not abandoned us. The Lord, you have a plan. We are part of it. You want, us to, you want us to thrive. Lord, I know we're a remnant. We've lost people. We're smaller than we used to be. But Lord, what a remnant we are. Lord, the mustard seed of faith that exists in this place, grow it. I pray that we look back on this Advent season and we go, that's where you changed everything. Not hubris, not pie in the sky, but faithful obedience, praying, seeking you, planting, and multiplying. Lord, may we grow. May we bless this city. And may we be a people so filled with hope, rooted in the cross of our risen Savior, not in the stuff that is around us. So much so, Lord, that we ooze it and others get covered with it. So that they ask, what's up with that? Help us to be a missional people. Help us to be an exiled people and help us to be a hopeful people. And we ask this, Lord, in the name of the most capable Savior, Jesus Christ. And we invite your spirit into this moment, into this meeting, and into our time as a community. Amen.